Happy New Year, and welcome back to the Anxiety Slayer podcast. I'm Shan Vanderleek, here with my good friend and co-host Ananga Sivir. This week, we're discussing New Year's resolutions and how they can cause additional stress and anxiety and what we recommend that you do instead. Happy New Year, Ananga. Hey, Shan. Happy New Year. I missed you over the last couple of weeks. And at the same time, it was good for us both to take a break and spend time with our families and relax. Yeah, both. I missed you too. And it was nice to uh, be with family. And I spent a lot of time, as we were just talking about before we started recording this week's show, journaling and reflecting. And it's been a good, quiet couple of weeks. And this is the time of year when we hear so much about what's next what are your intentions what are your resolutions what are you going to change what's going to happen i'm just saying it out loud makes me feel a little agitated (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, as of january 1st i'm going to no longer do x y and z and i'm going to change everything and as we address this topic many times over the last 13 years it's always important to bring it forward again, because in my opinion, and I know in your opinion, now isn't really the time for making big changes. It's a perfect time to set some intentions for yourself, to do what you've done, Ananga, in looking at your world and the way that it is and what you might like to see unfold in a, in a bigger picture way, but not in a way where we're jumping right in and holding ourselves to these really strict rules that, let's face it, are often abandoned by February anyway. Yeah, in the Northern Hemisphere, we're in the darkest and most lethargic time of the year. Although I'm happy to note outside my window as we're recording this, it's 20 to 5. And I can see a little bit more light than a couple of weeks ago. So we're turning towards the light, but we're not energized by sunlight and we're not seeing the growth of spring and that energy isn't in us. So yeah, research shows that over 80% of resolutions have been abandoned by February. And if we're already anxious, thinking we've failed at our resolutions is not going to help. It's just going to make us look at ourselves in a more pressured and unkind light, which really doesn't serve us well. I also find that we fall into this default pattern uh, about, okay, I'm going to ease stress and make myself feel better by losing weight, by completely overhauling who I am, by finally starting something that I've been putting off for who knows how long. And that's not helpful either. What might be more helpful is to consider making one healthier choice each day for yourself if you are looking at losing weight, or if there's something that you'd like to change, whether it be a new hairstyle or um, something new for your wardrobe or something that you'd like to learn, maybe being in the research phase of what that might look like. Mm. 
Same thing with starting something that you've been putting off. Sometimes getting more exercise begins with allowing yourself to just take a walk each morning or get outside and get some fresh air and just start moving versus the gym membership and the walking three miles a day and the weightlifting and, and all of those things. Try not to, to fall into those pitfalls. And I don't want to tell you you're not going to have success, but you're more likely to not have success if you fall into those expectations of yourself versus those invitations that we've talked about in the past. Invite yourself to explore. Invite yourself to wonder about what things might look like should you make different changes. And also I think it's helpful to pause at this time of year when there are directions and intentions we want to set and just make sure that they're genuinely ours before we set anything in motion. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, when we say no defaults and no expectations, sometimes we can default to thinking there are things we should take care of, but they're not actually things that that we've decided we need to take care of or that we, in our core, in our heart, feel we need to take care of. They're the defaults. They might be defaults from family expectations. They might be defaults from societal expectations. Often it's society. Mm -hmm. And very often these days, it's social media. We see other people doing stuff and we feel we should be doing it. There's that social expectation. So none of that. <laughs> we need to have a really good filter. Who am I doing this for? If we want to set something in motion, it needs to be you know, steady, gentle, and really for our greater good. Is this for me? Is this going to help me feel better about my life at the end of this year? That's the filter. No defaults and no expectations. All of those things just add to exhaustion, depletion, and stress and anxiety. So we need to be really filtered about what's coming in. I also like the idea of not putting ourselves under pressure to make rapid change, but to back up a little bit and go, oh, you know what? If I drink just one more glass of water each day, I'm going to be more hydrated versus I'm going to drink eight glasses of water a day right now or uh, allowing ourselves to add one more vegetable to our plate or to the day or to, the, to a meal or these little drip, drip, drip changes that we can make that really do add up to something beautiful and long-term change versus rapid change. Yeah. Ayurveda recommends that all change is small and gradual, even good change. Um, one example being uh, Dr. Vasant Lad often teaches about like reducing the quantity we eat. Ayurveda teaches that a healthy portion size, a healthy meal size, is if you cup your two hands together in front of you and imagine how much food you can hold in your two hands. You can have that measurement to work towards, but you don't just one day change it up that, okay, that's how much I'm going to eat. For one thing, it's very difficult to maintain, and then yeah. we feel like we've let ourselves down. And the body needs time to adjust. So all change in Ayurveda is made steadily and gently over time. And that's been very helpful to me, learning that. It takes a lot of pressure off us 
And we're going to have days where we do great. And we're going to have days where we struggle. And we might have days where we do nothing that we wanted to at all. And that's okay. Just put it down to a bad weather day and, and keep going gently over time. There's um, an artist that I love. She's on Instagram and she's around in other places too. She's called Rukmini Podder. She's on Instagram as Rockin Rukshi. She's a beautiful artist who helps people paint their emotions. She's just done a workshop where people painted out their year. And uh, I enrolled for a workshop with her about a month or so ago where she taught this class about painting your heart, like an artistic representation of your heart and the different realms and feelings in your heart. Mm. She's a wonderful, talented therapeutic artist, so I recommend looking her up. And today on Instagram, she painted out her January. And one of the uh, pieces of text that she painted into her piece was less expectations for the year, more intention for the day. That is incredibly potent. It's beautiful, isn't it? I copied that into my journal this morning. I really recommend looking her up. She's helping a lot of people with uh, using creativity to explore their emotions and make positive change. So, yeah, less expectations for the year and more intention for the day. Yeah, count me in. That's, <laughs> that, that is truly the way that I roll each new year. So that she put that so succinctly uh, is really a great reminder. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned a little bit earlier, too, that for all of us to be really, really mindful that when we're anxious and we're unsure of our own needs and our own opinions, how much easier we can be influenced by the opinions of others and really, really careful of that to give yourself the time and space that you need to get clear about what you are interested in, what brings you joy, what intentions are in your best interest versus what's happening outside of you, in your own family, etc. Yeah, it can be a time of year where we're not so waterproof anyway. We can be a little mm -hmm. bit more um, vulnerable emotionally. But yeah, certainly with anxiety, we can feel uh, ungrounded and less rooted in ourselves. So it's, it's definitely helpful not to borrow goals and values from others, but to find our own, to give ourselves permission to explore what helps us. We all have the right of autonomy. We all have emotional free will. And even entering a new year with that at the forefront of your mind, and what does that feel like to you? And what do you feel you need? That can be the best intention for the year ahead. Something I do like to do at this time of year is to visit bookshops. And there's a beautiful bookshop in a little village near where I live that's just opened. So I visited there a couple of days ago and saw some books that I definitely want to read on my list. Gabor Mate's new book was there. Oh, I want to read that too. Perhaps we can read that together and, and discuss. Yeah, that's definitely been, been uh, knocking at like, okay, you're, you're coming. Okay, let, let's read it like we did with Susan Cain's book and we can share it with our patrons, yeah. Okay, yeah. I definitely want to read that. Um, some other books that I've had my eye on and some that I'd never heard of. And I like to go and look and sit in a bookshop and gather um, ideas and values that are going to lift me up. Mm -hmm. 
things that feel expansive, things that feel hopeful. Supportive. Yeah. Yeah, supportive. This bookshop had a lovely collection of books on different cultures, Finnish culture, Japanese culture, different ways of looking at winter and the new year. And uh, anyone that follows me on Instagram or follows my blog knows that I just wrote about Catherine May's book, Wintering, and what that does for me. I'm sitting with that book for my second winter, mm-hmm. going through there and lessons she's learned and lessons she shares. So rather than us feeling waterlogged by expectations and shoulds and musts, we have the opportunity to gather things that lift us up, things that inspire us and things that we feel we want to look into more. Anxiety Slayer is sponsored by BetterHelp. When you're feeling your best, you're on top of the world and can experience a sense of being in the flow of life. But sometimes life can throw you a curveball and you might need extra support. A couple of years ago, when my daughter was going off to college in the throes of the pandemic, I found myself in a challenging place and working with a therapist at BetterHelp helped me feel a lot better. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is an excellent option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and it's entirely online. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com dot com slash slayer today to get 10% off your first month. That's better dot com slash slayer. Before the break, we were talking about the importance of taking time to honor your own needs and, and interests. And you were talking about that lovely bookshop that you go to for inspiration. And that dovetails beautifully into being curious. Curiosity is healthy. It's a healthy engagement for the mind, and it also helps calm anxiety. The more curious you are, the more you dig in and learn about whatever it is that's popping up for you, the more calm and relaxed you'll find that you are, and you get the benefit of learning something new. Yeah, I find that curiosity really helps me feel more present in the moment, more mindful. Mm -hmm. My daughter and I love to learn about different birds. She's got really good at noticing different bird songs or spotting different birds when we're out walking. Thanks to her, I saw a kingfisher a couple of weeks ago. Oh my gosh, I love those birds. They're so beautiful. So tiny and fast and beautiful, but she just caught that flash as we were walking by a canal. It's been really helpful to me after going through a traumatic spell in my life. Noticing the birds, flowers, leaves, learning to identify a few more trees and plants and, yeah, being curious and learning it really helped me feel more grounded and settled in the moment. It's a definite antidote for anxiety. And then we might choose to do some sketching or take some photos. Taking photos has really helped me too. So, yeah, curiosity, very healthy for the mind. Mm-hmm. Curiosity and and creativity. Mm-hmm. And there are people listening right now that think that they're not creative. And I'm, I'm here to tell you that's just not true. You are creative in your way, whatever that might be. So even if you can only draw stick figures, 
you're still creative. And creativity can be in cooking, in painting, in knitting, in writing, anything that that you have an interest in, uh, gardening when it's that time of year, or even playing with and, and nurturing houseplants. Whatever that looks like for you counts. And this is how we can keep our minds engaged but relaxed, being in that space. And it's just, it's so lovely. I find peace in collecting all of my indoor plants this time of year. And at least once a month, they'll all get rounded up in the kitchen and leaves will be cleaned and everybody will be watered and fed. And I don't know, it's just a, it kind of carries over how much I love gardening in my yard when I can in inside. And I look forward to it. I've just moved two prayer plants onto my desk and they're, they're sitting with me here as we're talking and they're just beautiful company seeing how they respond to the light, how they change during the day. I've got plants all around me in my home too. Another really nice thing to do is to collect some images of things that you want to explore, maybe physically print them out and cut them out and create a vision board and have them around you at home or somewhere like Pinterest, start a board of things you might want to learn, things you might want to explore. All of these things help our mind be peacefully and hopefully engaged in the present. And it just draws us away from, you know, the dark, long evenings that we're still working our way through and the pressure of all the things that we feel we should have to do. It's good to have some things that you like to do and some things that hold your mind in peaceful immersion. And that brings us to that place of really dialing into what brings us joy and how we want in a bigger picture our life to unfold versus putting ourselves in this very strict pattern of I, I will do this and it will work out this way. And I almost feel locked up just even saying the words like, this is how it must be. And if I don't do this just this way, I'm a failure. It's that kind of stuff. So you come back to this place of, wait a minute, what if I were to be more gentle about all of this and think about what's important to me? And if what's important to you is learning a new form of creative expression or remembering what it was like to be more curious and, and wanting to explore that a little bit more. These things can look a lot different than you think. And that kind of really leads back into reflection too, rather than resolving. We think about what helps us and what serves us well, and also what we might like to leave behind that is no longer serving us well or maybe never was or was a fallback position or pattern. Uh, right before New Year's Eve, I created a list of, of things that I wanted to leave behind that no longer serve me. And then I ended up burning them in, in the fire pit. And then I created a story for the new year about how I wanted things to look and experiences that I might like to have, looking at things that way. What experiences might I like to have? Mm -hmm. And before all of that, I certainly had a, a gratitude list of the year and what 
I had experienced and what did come to fruition. Because I think oftentimes we just kind of gloss over that, like, oh yeah, well, that happened. Instead of bringing that gratitude back for what you did experience. Like, I got to go whale watching this past summer. Mm. And I got to experience five humpback whales and a little baby humpback. And I had wanted to go whale watching for as long as I can remember. I still get to be really fired up about that (laughs) and reflect on that and how much that changed things. So I invite our listeners to reflect on what has come to pass, what they would like to come to pass is more of an experience and curiosity. And then also, if there's something poking you that is no longer serving you, it's, it really is okay to leave that behind. Another thing that can be really helpful in our relationship with ourselves, and especially when we're struggling with anxiety, is to acknowledge your little triumphs, the things you're already doing. Sometimes just getting up and showered when you're anxious is challenging. Sometimes making a healthy breakfast is challenging. So take a moment when you do the things that are serving you well and the things you're already doing, so many things that are helpful to you and others. And it can be really healthy to just sit with a journal at the end of the day for five minutes and write out your gratitudes, but also write out your self-appreciation. Something I've learned over the years with chronic illness is it's very easy for me to do one task and feel exhausted and be in pain. And then I'll sit and say, okay, I need to rest. And it's so easy for my mind to then scan the room and look at all the other things that need doing. Yeah. And I've had to really train myself to not do that, but to sit and say, I'm glad I did that. That needed taking care of, and I'm glad. I've done it. And sometimes I'll give myself a pat on the shoulder and say, well done. Sometimes I'll walk past the mirror and smile at myself and tell myself, thanks for doing that. I'm glad you did that because it's really important that we get on well with ourselves. And when we are anxious or in pain, it's very easy to develop self-aversion where we're not comfortable in ourselves and we're not comfortable with ourselves and we can check out. Mm -hmm. So really healthy to just give yourself a smile, pat on the shoulder, rub on the arm and say, hey, well done for doing that. You did that today. It's a really nice thing to do when you settle down in bed for the night. I did that today mm. and, I'm, and I'm glad I did. And also today I'm grateful for this. Some small thing is always something to be grateful for every day. And it's a powerful antidote to anxiety because anxiety is a, a very clever joy thief. A very clever joy thief. Wow. You have a, an affirmation that you've used for a long time that is one of my very favorites. And, and maybe it's not even an affirmation. It's just a, a truth telling to remind ourselves that things are better than maybe what we think by coming back to the space of today, my needs are met and I am grateful. Yeah. I find so much peace in that because when we're spinning, when we're in the throes of of our mind being in an anxious state, if we can get ourselves back to that understanding that even though I'm feeling anxious right now, 
the day my needs are met, and I'm grateful because they are. Because if you have a roof over your head and you have running water and you have food on your table and you have a family or friends who love you, if and the list goes on, and we forget how incredibly loved up and blessed we really are in the bigger picture. Today my needs are met and I am grateful. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, and it came during a really challenging time in my life and it really helped me. We have so much to be grateful for. Well, I am grateful for you and and for this conversation and I'm grateful for all of our listeners who continue to come back and join us every week. And we invite you to remember to set intentions rather than resolutions, to get curious, to allow yourself to reflect and get really clear about what brings you joy, and then just baby steps from there. Yeah, and come and hang out with us in our private Facebook group and share. Share something you're doing that's creative, share your triumphs, share your aspirations, your curiosities. You'll be more deeply embedding what you're doing for yourself, but you're also going to help other people and encourage other people. And it's a really nice, warm group. So just look us up on Facebook. Just look for Anxiety Slayer. Thanks for listening. If you love our podcast, please consider exploring our Patreon for loads of Anxiety Slayer extras for calming anxiety, including exclusive posts, guided meditations, tapping sessions, popular episodes from our archives, and behind-the-scenes conversations. You can learn more at patreon.com forward slash anxiety slayer.